0: And it, it is very consistent. And all we do is report on the pattern. Here's the pattern. Here's what typically happens. The reason I say that is when the elections occur, Jake hit it on the head. Don't think the market is going to react to elections the way you think it's going to react because it's probably not.
1: Right. The the the, the truth is that the stock market investors, the people invested in that market, are as equally divided as the population because it, it is the population that's invested in the stock market. They're equally divided, and the Democrats don't want their wealth to disappear because a Republican is elected, and the Republicans don't want their wealth to disappear because a Democrat is elected, but the reality is that the CEOs of the companies of the stock market generally make the decisions on what they think is gonna be profitable, not who's in the Oval Office. Once more onto the breach, dear friends. Else fill the wall up with our English dead. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and welcome to another exciting episode of the starring Jake and Jeff McClure. There, I said it in my radio voice. I, I, I did everything that you normally want me to do. It was ultra enthusiastic. I included boys and girls, though, what they're doing, listening to an economic Talk they, show. You, uh, just you miss the excitement that I knew as as a child. We
0: would gather around a radio, mm-hmm. and it literally said, "Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to and then they, the name of the show."
1: Right, right. So, I mean, I get that, uh, but I, I suspect that the children of today on a Saturday morning are not gathered around around. The radio to listen to two bald bearded men talk about economics.
0: Actually, if it comes to radio, unless we tell them that we're bald bearded men, they
1: don't know that we're bald oh, bearded oh, men. Oh, uh, please um, uh, uh, just go back and remove that from the record. Uh, uh, strike that from the record, please. We are, um, we are young women.
0: Yes. You, uh, no. <laughs>
1: Actually,
0: if you want to see a good image of us, it's the Smith Brothers cough drops.
1: Oh, um before or after eating
0: i mean the, the 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 old smith brothers cough cough drops uh and what was it trademark
1: see you're still Pictures dating yourself beard. talking about gathering around date a radio myself. i have a
0: perfectly good wife that i
1: date. yes okay she's dating you as well that's all i'm saying yeah. um yes she does date me uh, so I married the, to her
0: for 52 years, so that dates me.
1: Yes, those of you who don't know, the guy who just spoke about being married 52 years is my dad, elder Baldy and younger Baldy. We've been in business together for oh my goodness, 31 years, and and yeah. neither of us are insane, in, insane, in, insane. Oh, sorry. Um, we're we're perfectly normal, I tell you, perfectly normal, 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 normal. Okay. All right, um. We are here not to talk about our own mental health, though that might be pertinent uh, information at some point. We are rather here to talk about the dreary science, the dismal science of economics, as well as personal finance and some concepts of what to do in investing and all that. But before we get started on that, we have to disclose. Uh, And I'm going to try to say our disclosures relatively quickly this time. Let me try it. No. No, it's too hard. I'm going to have to do it slowly. Um the personal wealth coach is not just the name of this podcast and or radio program it's also the name of a firm same firm that we are the two principals of these hosts and principals it's like we have dual personalities or something wait no more mental health sorry we'll get to that later um what What I'm saying here is that the Personal Wealth Coach is also a firm, and it's a firm that's registered with the SEC to give fiduciary investment advice. Um, But we can't do that on the air because fiduciary investment advice requires us to know all of you and then to be private about the advice that we're giving to all of you, which makes that impossible. So instead, we're giving you education, hopefully, maybe some entertainment and probably a lot of frustration and groaning over our attempts at entertaining. Um, So that being said, just because it's registered with the SEC, our firm, doesn't mean that they think we're any kind of better than anybody else. In fact, I think their general opinion of most people registered with them is what's wrong with you and we will find it. Um, So all that's saying is they haven't given us our approval just because we're registered with them. They're just the ones that regulate us. Next up, we don't pay for this program. So I just told you that we run a for-profit business and we're required to tell you about it. And it's actually the same name as the program. But we don't pay for this program. And we don't get paid to do the program. This is a partnership we've been in with KTEM since 1996, over... How many owners have they had during that time period? Three or four? I don't four. even like to think of
0: it. Well, a different studios now than they had. They we Actually, KTEM had its own studio oh, building.
1: Yeah. Big, big building. It had two big... And Now we're not even in this studio. We're, we're coming remotely to it. Uh, so all we're saying there is that we do advertise on KTEM, but all of our advertisement is for this program. And they advertise on their uh, station as well for this program. So it's the same partnership we've had for a very long time. And um, so you want to do the next disclosure? Do you deem it worthy?
0: I, I so deem. The information we present on this educational radio program, not investment advice, has been obtained from sources we deem to be reliable. But we make no warranty or guarantee as to the accuracy or completeness of said information. You like that?
1: That was cool. And we absolutely don't guarantee the completeness of unsaid information. There. Well, I think it's completely unsaid. Then it's completely incomplete. Right. Right. We guarantee it. We're silly. Yes, we're, we are. We're weird. You're probably groaning and saying, when are you going to get to the market? Yes.
0: Anyway, let's talk about the stock market. The one that uh, for the week of that ended on March 25th, 2022. If you watched, if if you didn't watch the market itself, actually you could watch the market itself and it'd be bad too, but if you just listen to the horrific news that came out, and it's very important what I'm about to say here about the news. The negative economic news and the scary economic news that was at the headlines in the top of the pundits um, pontific, pontifications, um, Prolific, you could easily even. have concluded during the week that the market is going to crash or has crashed or is crashing, or you can use any tents you want to, but it was pretty tense.
1: I I like REI tents. They're they're the most comfortable I've found, but I've got a bigger tent that I use for camping. I'm sorry. Go Mm -hmm. ahead. Go ahead. Actually, cabins are better. I've heard that Um, camping is intense. The
0: S&P 500 stock index ended the week at 4543.06. It's above the 4500 line, which kind of is a benchmark for me. Up 1.79%. Better yet, If you measure it from a year ago, it's up 14.3%. Now, there's a lesson here. I I want all of you, particularly those of you who are conservatives and Republicans, to listen very carefully here. A year ago, we received a lot of communication from people who were terrified that because Biden had been elected, the market was going to crash.
1: Just as a side note a year into the Trump administration, we had exactly this message to right. the Democrats.
0: But we don't have a lot of Democrats to listen to us. I don't well, think. Not
1: on KTM, but on the podcast we might. Oh, okay.
0: Anyway, we're, we're talking about the recent past. And here, this happened, and you were scared. And we said on the radio, and I want you, you can go back and check out, the, we've got it on our website, that you can go back and check that the radio programs. We said that when Democrats get elected, the market tends to go up, and everybody thought that was crazy. How could Democrats cause the market to go up? They I haven't got a clue. Personally. I don't think
1: it has anything to do with a cause. It's just well, it just happens. It just happens. And it's it's it kind of like again there were there were for many decades, there was this thing people would say about which league won the the World Series had a lot to do with the market returns during that year. And then another Super one about, Bowl. And then there's the other one about the Super Bowl. So it stopped working on the World Series relatively soon, decades. It stayed working for the Super Bowl for decades longer. So people thought there's some magic around which league is winning what in the NFL. Or is that a league? Wait, I don't know about sports, remember? So what it came out to is pure luck. People don't Plan their investments around who wins the Super Bowl or who wins right. the World Series or we, what president is elected. <laughs> well, we can see a pattern through history,
0: and it, it is very
1: consistent, and
0: all we do is report on the pattern. Here's the pattern. Here's what typically happens. The reason I say that is when the elections occur, Jake hit it on the head. Don't think the market is going to react to elections the way you think it's going to react because it's probably not.
1: Right. The, 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 the truth is that, the stock market investors, the people invested in that market are as equally divided as the population because it it is the population <laughs> that's invested in the stock market. They're equally divided. And the Democrats don't want their wealth to disappear because a Republican is elected. And the Republicans don't want their wealth to disappear because a Democrat is elected. But the reality is that the CEOs of the companies of the stock market, generally make the decisions on what they think is going to be profitable not who's in the oval office
0: yeah well anyway let's go on about the stock market it's up 14.3 percent from a year ago it is down
1: 4.68
0: percent year to date but it's about 60 percent higher than it was a couple of a few weeks ago when it was in a very short correction
1: about how much higher
0: It's 60%. It is recovered 60% of its
1: loss. Okay. All right. That makes more sense. The 60% improvement. I was like, whoa, I missed that one. A 60% of the loss. Right. In other words, uh, it dropped for a while. Mm -hmm. And it's recovered since inflation
0: and the fact that the Fed said we're going to raise interest rates like, well, duh. And um, the invasion of Ukraine and all kinds of things. This is what we mean when we say trying to time the market and looking at world events or looking at politics or whatever and saying, I'm going to adjust my investments because of those things is historically counterproductive.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. Now this is one that I like the CRSP mid cap value index. Now that's the one we use for a couple of reasons. One, uh, a lot of the mid cap value mutual funds and ETFs and so on track that index. And secondly, it, Updates immediately after the stock market closes, whereas a lot of the other mid cap value indexes wait till the next day to update. So if we're going to look at it, let's see what happened. The CRSP mid cap value index rose one point nine one percent for the week, closed at twenty six hundred point eight five. It is now back in positive territory for the year. It's up zero point one four percent. Why am I telling you that? Because this is the this is part of a shift that appears to be going on in the market from. Large-cap growth stocks to mid-cap value stocks. Value stocks are generally considered to be based on the underlying value of the company. Growth stocks, are the prices are generally based on how much we think they're going to earn five years from now. I say we. Somebody thinks they're going to earn five years from now. Interestingly enough, Warren Buffett bought an entire company last week.
1: Um, Remember what I said two weeks ago and last week about how... Warren Buffett is always saying, I can't find any companies to buy and just wait for the news that he's buying a company right now. Well, there it is. Thank you very much. He's got a pattern. <laughs> when he says he can't find and anything to buy, it's because he's already buying it. He
0: bought a basically a brokerage investment advisory wealth management firm. It's referred to sometimes as a mini uh, Buffett firm. That tells you that Warren Buffett thinks there's a lot of value to be had in the stock market and trading into the future. And by the way, several uh, of the major analytical firms came out with indications last week that they believe much of the U.S. stock market is undervalued at this point. Um, Why am I saying that? Because there's a lot of headline news out there uh, in the financial press and and what what do you call it press and internet stuff that says we're headed for a recession the world's coming to an end the fed is raising rates uh war in europe Bailout. don't i want to get into that in some detail but let's come on to the markets yeah um u.s treasury 10-year note now there is where things started got interesting It rose 15.28%, the yield on the U.S. Treasury note, which, by the way, indicates that the bonds, if you held Treasury bonds or other bonds, fell uh, proportionally uh, because as interest rates go up, bonds fall in value. It is now at 2.482%. Now, let me put that in perspective. The 10-year yield for 10-year Treasury right now is 2.482, roughly really close to 2.5%. Last year, in a year and a quarter ago, it was 0.91%, less than 1%. That is a heck of a rise in interest rates in a fairly short period of time. The 30-year bond is up to 2.599, roughly 2.6. And here's where it gets sort of interesting. The three, five, and seven-year Treasury notes are all pretty much yielding the same thing. But they're slightly higher than the 10-year note, which means there's a little bit of inversion in the middle of the treasury yield curve. Now, this what is, bears well, watching.
1: Yeah, what does that mean? It means that for some reason, it's more expensive to get a loan for seven years than it is to get a loan for ten years.
0: Well, not necessarily to get it. Well, the treasury, the treasury borrowing. is experiencing that. Well, I'm, I'm I'm, no, putting, I'm,
1: I'm kind of translating this. It's more expensive well, for the treasury to get a loan for. This is where this is where it gets interesting. That is not
0: occurring in the corporate bond market. Right. Which indicates something is unusual here the total bond market generally operates on the same philosophy but there's some when you get would you get an anomaly like this there's something going on beneath the surface that isn't being reported that isn't visible so this bears watching uh, in Italy they get if if we're getting well, an inversion if we're I, getting an
1: uh, what there, there's some there's a little piece of data here is that there's been a big sell-off in that portion of the market. Mm-hmm. A lot of people didn't like what happened to their portfolio when interest rates went up. It caused their portfolio to drop. Just like the stock market, when people see a drop, a lot of people thinking, oh no, the market's dropping, I must sell, cause it to drop more. And when there's fewer people trying to make loans, they can charge more interest for it. And in a bond market, that's what's happening here. There's fewer people willing to make loans into that area which is causing that interest rate group to go up a little bit higher. People were shocked when the interest rates went up. Okay, go ahead.
0: This, like I said, there's something going on here beneath the surface in the treasury market that could be an anomaly. If it is an anomaly, it will disappear shortly, but it certainly bears watching. And we've said this before. I don't know if it's still accurate because there's uh, new forces working. But historically, an inverted yield curve, which means that longer term rates are lower than shorter term rates, is a very strong indicator that a recession is coming within the next 18 months. We do not have an inverted yield curve. We do not have a negative yield curve. So we need to just continue to watch it. There's a little evidence in there. But this is uh, let me go on to the. Rest. I'm to I'm, I'm trying then. to get into something ahead there's, of myself here. Let's, let's go so on to much, the rest of the
1: market. There's so much meat to talk about in here that yeah, it's, right. it's hard to not talk about it when we're talking about. Them. Go ahead. Go ahead.
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, the U.S. We talked about the the treasury. By the way, what that meant to you if you own treasury securities. By the way, the the U.S. Uh, Morningstar's U.S. five to ten year treasury bond index is down ten percent, just under ten percent since last August. In other words, that's safe. Absolutely, man, I'm going to buy something really, really safe. Had you done so last August, you would see a 10% loss in something that's really, really safe and be a little uncomfortable at this point. It's because a lot of people are selling in that area. West Texas Intermediate Crude Oil, WTI rose 7.10% to 112.62 112.62 cents a barrel. By the way, when we report on that, that's not the spot market. Spot market's all about other- this is 1 month out futures contracts. Oil, large quantities of oil, they aren't bought on the spot market. They're bought in they're bought in advance. And it's kind of like if you buy something from Amazon or you buy something online, you're basically buying a contract to receive that item. Uh, and if it's Amazon, it's a, we are buying a one day contract, but in other cases, so oil is bought that way. Uh, it's up about 50% this year. And you can see that at the gas pump, it's probably going to stay high. And that's worth talking about why it's going to stay high and why it's going to raise the price of almost everything else. But that's pretty much the market. We could talk about a lot of other things. I mean, there's uh, commodities, any commodity that comes out of a lot of which comes out of Russia is up dramatically and it's up and that includes wheat and aluminum and neon and palladium and lots of other stuff
1: and, and i'm going to throw this out there too because this we already talked about interest rates and what we talked about doesn't have a whole lot of bearing on most people's lives mm. but mortgage interest rates do yeah and they're about four percent now yeah um the when, when you go to a, like a commercial place that that gives quotes like bankrate.com the lowest interest rate you can find on a 30 right now is 4%. And there are some that are above five and that's for good credit. So uh, what Freddie Mac is saying at this point, and Freddie Mac is, uh, is there, they are uh, a federally backed lending program. Um, and they're saying their average on, on uh 30 year mortgages are 4.4% at this point. So, as a comparison, if you just go back 2 years, mortgages were at 3%. That's its, its it's it's nearly a 50% increase on the interest from 2 years ago. So this is why the bond market is having some shocks is some of these interest rates because they're so low, a relatively small increase can be a 50% increase over what was there before.
0: And I went through this Early in my career, back before the hills got dusty in 1847 or something like that. Actually, back in the 1970s and early 80s when I first started as a broker. This is a new, ter- new piece of terrain for just about everybody who is investing today. Not everybody, since old farts like me remember it, some of us. But there's just not a lot of people out there who are investing today in bonds or in are in vehicles that are dependent upon bonds that remember what happened when interest rates came from a very low point to a relatively high point in the 1970s and early 80s.
1: And and I'm going to interject this thing, how quickly this happened. As of the last day, the last business day of 2021, Freddie Mac had the 30-year interest rate at 3.11. To reiterate, it it is now at 4.42. So that's in three months. Mm -hmm. Well,
0: it it didn't happen quite that fast at the beginning, but towards the end it happened pretty fast back in the early 80s right when Paul Boker got a hold of the interest rate stick.
1: And I think you have, we've got about seven and a half minutes left in our episode this week, and I bet you could take that all up with the last bits that you have.
0: We look back at history, and it's kind of like presidential elections. All the bad news out there right now, and there's a lot of bad news out there, would suggest that the market's going to go down. Interest rates are going up. Prices are going up. Commodities are in short supply. Historically, when we have encountered that very situation, the market takes an initial dip, and then over the next 12 months, on average, rises 8%. Now, is it going to happen in the future? The future is always uncertain. But remember that markets tend to be counterintuitive. That's number one. Number two, and this is where it gets sort of interesting. Major bear markets begin on unreserved optimism. There ain't no unreserved optimism out there, folks. Uh, Major bear markets begin when the economy of the United States is going south but investors' optimism is going north, up. Ain't happening. The reverse is true right now. The economy is going like, to use a term from my generation, gangbusters. Public sentiment is way down. That indicates that we'll probably end for a good run in the market. We'll go on forever. No, eventually we will get another correction. Eventually we will get a bear market. And if the Fed obviously raises interest rates way too much and way too fast, we could get a serious bear market. But not in the odds are based on our, looking at history and human behavior, the odds are in favor of a good year this year in the market, uh, vastly in favor. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, based on the yield curve and everything else, uh, Moody's is saying the probability of a recession in the next year is a whopping 7%, which is way down from what it was at the beginning of the year. Now, that sounds ridiculous. At the beginning of the year, the Fed wasn't raising rates. At the beginning of the year, we didn't have a, uh, an invasion of Ukraine underway. At the beginning of the year, we didn't have a huge increase in the cost of the stuff we have to buy to do anything. But Moody's analytics, which has a very, very good record of being able to, to estimate the probabilities of something happening in the future, have lowered their probability of recession during the next year. That's an important thing to bear in mind. The market tends to be counterintuitive, and it's being counterintuitive right now. The United States economy is in amazingly good shape. Uh, as Jake said, by many ways of measuring it, our employment situation is as good or better than it's ever been in our history. Uh, people, businesses are still hiring and they're hiring a lot. Now, why is that important? It's not a lagging indicator. What they basically are saying, we're looking at consumer demand, we're looking at our customers' demand to us, what they say they want to do versus what we can supply. And we're short on people to do that. That is happening across the United States from one end to the other. Europe may enter into a recession simply because uh, the price of fuel over there is going to be much higher than it is over here. The and price of heating, the price
1: food, of everything. Food. I mean, they, they are the recipients of much of that wheat and corn stuff that we were talking about. They in North Africa get the vast majority of their food from east of them and there's not a lot of food coming from east of them so their prices are going to go up and anyway there's
0: there's a lot of there's a lot of things in motion here but being pessimistic about the immediate future in in the markets and in investment portfolios is a bad idea longer term we have said this before we'll say it again have good savings. The market is relatively high right now. It's up over 14% from last year, although it's down a little bit this year. Don't focus on the downness. Take a look at if you're, if you're in, in a retirement situation or approaching a retirement situation, it's critical that you have enough reserves to last you through the next major market downturn and recession. Do I see one coming on the immediate future? No, I don't see any evidence of it. But they happen
1: when people aren't expecting them. <laughs> and
0: But they're going to come. I, one of the few things I can say with certainty is the market doesn't go up forever. It takes periods of time when it goes down and tears everything up and then starts back up again. Um, so be prudent in your investment. But it's also time, this is a critical time to take a look at your investment portfolio and make sure you understand it or you have somebody who is advising you who's objective, who understands it and is managing it. We had an experience this week um, and I think it's it's important to recognize somebody bought a bunch of investments from a broker and said, why isn't this broker managing my portfolio? Because you bought them and you paid them commission. They don't manage your portfolio. Uh, it's important that you... Pay attention. For the last, well, since the downturn in 2020, at least, you could invest in almost anything and it went up. You didn't have to pay a lot of attention to your portfolio if you rode through that one. The world's changing. There are some areas where you might not want to be invested. The U.S. stock market is still a good place. There's areas in the stock market that we think are better than others. But you might want to take a careful look at your portfolio and not make any assumptions. And there's some basic math that can be done if you understand it. If you don't understand it, you need to find somebody who does, who's not a salesperson, who's not working for a broker dealer to get to earn credits toward a convention or a vacation or something by selling what the broker dealer wants them to sell. It's important to take a look at what you're doing and recognize that the world is changing, and we're out of time.
1: Yep. If you would like to talk to us off the air, we actually give personalized investment advice, says fiduciaries. Uh, Their email addresses to reach us are jeff or jake at tpwc.com. That's Tango Papa, Whiskey Charlie, or The Personal Wealth Coach. You can go ahead to that webpage, The Personal Wealth Coach, tpwc.com. There's a contact form. You can get our emails. Uh, You can sign up to uh, our newsletter there, read our newsletters going back, listen to radio programs going back lots of years, You can find our podcasts anywhere where podcasts exist. Until next week, thanks for listening. This has been The Personal Wealth Coach.